Welcome to Trifecta Now, Living A Course in Miracles. This is Season 4, and it's called The Journey. Episode 6, Our Egos. Welcome back. And welcome to The Journey. The Journey series is a continuation of the book's teachings with more added life journeys and experiences to share. This series will have guests most episodes, but occasionally, like today, I'm going to give you some practical understandings and applications to working with our egos. I've grappled grappled with my own ego, trying to squash its existence in my day-to-day experiences. I've spent some time exploring how the Course explains our ego and its wrong-mindedness. We experience drama, fear, worry, envy, gluttony, pride, prejudice, anger, revenge. I could go on and on. All these emotions are all founded and created by our egos. The Course tells us that we are spiritual beings, and when we chose this life, our free will and human existence built the ego and feeds it daily. In the original text of Course in Miracles, at the very beginning, um, there's a preface, and it actually explains the whole book. Hard to understand if you haven't read the book at least once, but I'd like to read a little part of it. It's on page 10. It In the uh, beginning of it says, what it says, and it's talking about the Course, nothing real can be threatened, nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. This is how A Course in Miracle begins. It makes a fundamental distinction between the real and the unreal, between knowledge and perception. Knowledge is truth under one law, the law of love or God. Truth is unalterable, eternal, and unambiguous. It can be unrecognized, but it cannot be changed. It applies to everything that God created, and only what he created is real. It is beyond learning because it is beyond time and process. It has no opposite, no ending, and no beginning. It merely is. The world of perception, on the other hand, is the world of time, of change, of beginnings and endings. It is based on interpretation, not on facts. It is the world of birth and death, founded on the belief in scarcity, loss, separation, and death. It is learned rather than given, selective in its perceptual emphasis, unstable in its functioning, and inaccurate in its perceptions. End quote. In the course in chapter four, called The Illusions of the Ego, There's a section called the ego and false autonomy. Paragraph two reads, says this, and I quote, everyone makes an ego for himself, which is subject to enormous variation because of its instability. He also makes an ego for everyone he perceives, which is equally veritable, end quote. The book is saying that each one of us made our own, cast from no models, no molds, no templates, We decided we are individuals on our own and navigating this world alone. Then we decided who each person we meet is based on our perception of their ego. So if God created us all equal and one in every sense, then our misstep or downfall came when we decided who each one of us was individually. The book goes on to add that the belief is also an ego function, and if we're open to it, then we are operating from the ego's perspective and not God's. 
believing that there is another way of thinking besides as one is just what our egos want us to perceive. Could we live a life free of our egos? Absolutely. The Dalai Lama has. I am aware that he's lived a sheltered life and it was free from the misgivings of the experiences of most of the populace has been subjected to. But who subjects us to everything? All the emotions I mentioned, who chooses those feelings? Who decides how we are going to interpret others' feedback, opinions, and attacks? Who controls the narrative we agree to and allow in? We do. We can interpret any words, gestures, and body language any way we want. It's not based on how our ego accepts it. Sorry, it is based on how our ego accepts it and analyzes it. You know, I never thought that this quote, and I'm going to, this is the quote, quote, you are the master of your destiny. You can influence, direct, and control your environment. You can make your life what you want it to be, end quote. That's a quote by Napoleon Hill. Had anything to do with spirit, but more specifically to do with navigating this life. Napoleon Hill was an American self-help author. He was born in 1883, and he lived to be the age of 70, 87 years old. I believe his words were to encourage people to believe that in this world, they could do whatever they wanted. I think if you see these words from a spiritual perspective, they are far more powerful. I would personally change it to read, your spirit is the master of your destiny. You have the power of spirit to influence, direct, and control what you think and say. In turn, you control your environment. You can make your life what you choose it to be. The ego is who we are here in this world. Can we shift our perception and change the ego's perspective? Sure, absolutely. I've been doing that for the past five years. Does it happen overnight? Well, I think for some it could. It depends on how invested you are in being you. And by that, I mean, if you are someone who experiences the emotions I mentioned, if drama follows you around, or you get angry easily, if you are insecure and envious of others, if you are quick to judge and offer your opinion without any regards for others, then the ego has a strong hold on you here in this life. If we could see ourselves as two separate people, one who is programmed and climatized by this world and this life, that part of us that second guesses and needs and never seems satisfied enough by our lives, that part of us who is quick to compare our lives and our attitudes and our feelings to others, the ego is of this world and nothing more. It has no sense of the eternal and it is terrified of dying. It lives in emotion and cannot see beyond the physical body. The ego puts all the limitations on us. It convinces us that we are alone and that we have nothing but bodies to identify with. Now go to the other part of us, the part that knows this can not possibly be all there is. That part of us that feels drawn to nature and life as a whole, not separate parts, but one big giant existence. That part of us that we get tiny glimpses of when we find ourselves in those quiet moments where peace has shown itself. We can choose what part we listen to and still exist and play a part in this world. 
Listen to the silence and the world around you. Stop your mind from racing from one thing to another. We now know it can be done. COVID-19 has shown us that. We may not have chosen to stop and stay put, but we now know we can. It is your choice. This is what Mr. Hill was referring to. He may have been thinking about navigating this world as an ego, but his words are more applicable to spirit and the success rate is greater. To undermine the ego's thought system can be painful. All attitudes are based on ego. The ego lives by comparison. Equality is beyond its grasp. It believes it is completely on its own. The course refers to the ego's perception as wrong-minded, stating that the part of our mind we that created our ego is that part that keeps us or holds us back from who we truly are. The book says, and I quote, the whole value of right perception lies in the inevitable realization that all perception is unnecessary, end quote. By removing perception, you remove the block. You take away the wall that stands between mind and spirit. It is what we perceive that confuses us and moves us further from spirit. What does it mean to perceive nothing? It means to stop making judgments and decisions about what this world is or is not. What others are or are not. Let it be what it is. Period. How can we do this living in this world? Well, we need to ask ourselves a very, very big question. We need to ask ourselves, who is the you that is living in this world? Spirit is immortal and unchangeable. It is a constant state, no beginning and no ending. Knowledge never involves comparisons. If you are knowledgeable about your true self, then there's nothing else you need or want to know. You you live as if today is the only day that matters. The people in your life are a gift and a lesson. You are both the learner and the teacher. Always open to what lessons there are for you and always open to share what lessons you've learned. The body is the ego's home. The ego lives, sorry, the ego uses the body to confirm that it cannot possibly be connected to God or it would not be so vulnerable. If we can die from disease, accidents, and even old age, then how is God our true father? Would he not protect his children from pain and misery? Would he not spare some lives? Why would he need to if he knows that we are eternal and never die? That when we pass in this life, we return to him and the truest form of love we could ever experience. Why would he want to keep us from that? The ego makes the body identify as the main source or main part of who we are and what we are made of. The ego is nothing more than a part of our belief about ourselves. Our other life has continued without interruption. It is not affected by what the ego does. The ego wants us to believe, or sorry, the ego wants us to feel vulnerable and believe that we have limits. It wants us to fear everything in this life so that death seems like an ending. 
we are eternal beings. We will live on and we will always be loved. How can you teach someone the value of something they have thrown away? It would seem that they threw it away because it did not have any value to them. The Course suggests that the best way to show someone the value of something is to teach them how miserable they are without it. The ego has successfully shown us that. The ego does not understand spirit, nor does it entertain its existence. That is what we need to change. The spirit in us is full of joy, love, peace, and happiness. The ego is in control of all the negative emotions. Which do you want more? Ask yourself this, what is the purpose? If what you are feeling or doing is not associated or embodies the feelings of joy, love, peace, and happiness, it must be under your ego's control. It must be a choice you made to feel that way. Your mission is simple. You are being asked to live so as to demonstrate that you are not an ego, that you do not entertain the negative emotions that you let in and that you are ready to move past it and let it all go. Well, thank you for listening. In two weeks, I'm going to start a four-part series on love. The understanding and concept of love can seem as elusive and difficult as peace is for some. Our perception of love in this world is very much ego-based. We attach ourselves to bodies and set up special relationships and special loves. We put conditions on love, even when we think we don't. We separate ourselves and think love is the answer. I totally agree that love is the answer, but not from this world's perception of it. I will share the Course's perspective on love and how we can truly feel and understand it as God gives it to us. So on December, I almost said, nope, on Sunday, November 29th, I will upload episode number seven called Love. It'll be the first of the four parts, and I will give the Course's perspective in the first episode, so there'll be no guests. But then for the next three, I will interview a man, a woman, and a child. I will ask each one of them the same questions, and we will listen to their perspectives and perceptions of love for them in this world. So remember, this is our journey. Let us together find our way. Live in this moment. It's the only one that truly matters. Always love, Denise.